Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Yo, when we left off last week, we were just getting into what I believe was just one of the really best parts of our conversation. So myself, Pastor Wendell, uh, Pastor Teddy Matthews, and Bishop McCants were talking about this whole masking thing and how amongst uh, uh, brothers and within the church, there is this culture of awarding people for masking who they are uh, rather than really like um, uh, like really managing uh, who they are or their behaviors. And so we got into this conversation about authenticity and we're about to pivot into this talk about sexuality that I think uh, was really one of the most amazing parts of our conversation. So get ready for it, strap in, we're about to go there. And um, uh, yeah, y'all in for a good conversation. Furious Conversations, part two, week two. Let's go. Oh, and I, I think I think that's what keeps a lot of brothers out of the church, honestly. Like, I, I think I think what keeps a lot of brothers out is that they don't want to pretend. Mm-hmm. If they want to do something, they want to legitimately, like, do what they claim. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what is often not recognize or even touted is this is this um aspect of grace mm-hmm. that came up earlier right that we are religion that functions in grace rather than grace we live in pretense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's all pretend that we are right. have it together so so one one of the things that I'm have been just madly interested in over the last few months even are matters related to sexuality. Like, why are we the way that we are, right? Like, why do we have the desire that we have? So growing up, it was always in the church chalked up to me as sin. But the more I've learned, and I think the more that our society has just grown in general knowledge, I'm now beginning to understand that the there's just certain things about like the, our physical the, the makeup, right? Like, made. like it's it's not sin that makes me that that it, when I'm when I was like 23 and I met Carly, it's not sin that made me wanna wanna smash, right? Like it, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like the burning of my flesh, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there is some there had to be something naturally in me mm-hmm. the human race would cease to exist yeah, right. if we were not created in such ways yeah. that we desperately want to and, and even even when we're married the fire ain't always there mm-hmm. right it's a certain window of time mm-hmm. when uh, our bodies are telling us or their bodies are telling them mate 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 we always ready right we always ready for them it's a certain time and, and that time is also related to fertility mate 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 and so should i be shaming the 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 23 year old single person whose body is saying mate 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 
because they're having these desires, right? And, and and they're going around thinking that there's something wrong with me. I need to fast more. I need to pray more. <laughs> no, you are fearfully and wonderfully made like in this way. Um, and so again, I, I think I, I've been challenged lately that our conversation regarding actually a lot of things, but definitely sexuality needs to come up to speed with like what we now understand about biology um, to help folks kind of slide out of that guilt space. I don't even think it's what we now understand. I think it's what we now acknowledge. Right. Okay. Because okay. I think previously we understood it. The issue was like in order for you to keep people because like when you look at like the last 30 years of Christian ministry. I feel like it's been more about control than it has control. been about freedom. Talk about it. It's been more about like the way I keep you dependent on the church mm-hmm. like is to shame you for even what's natural. Like making what's natural sin. So now you always got something you got to be working on or stop. And I got to go back to church and I got to go pray and I got to get a word from the pastor or I got to have somebody pray for me. It's like this dependency versus like teaching people how to fully understand who they are, how they were made and function in that. Like it's, it's more so like a. It's almost like church has become a security service where. We teach people how to respond to what we see as bad versus teaching people how to live in and master what they have. Mm. Like not a, not a, in case of emergency, break the glass, but like live in such a way that it ain't no emergency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I even think about like as a recent, like we've had like an influx of, of young families, (laughs) particularly like young brothers join our church. And like one of the brothers who joined our church recently, he came up to me after service and was like, you know how I got here? And I'm like, you know, tell me. He said, um, there's a brother that you know and I know that's a mutual acquaintance. He's no longer a Christian. He's no longer a believer. But he knows where I am in my life and the life oh. I'm trying to live. And he said to me, Bet, if that's how you're trying to live and that's what you're trying to do, you need to go over to Mount Olive with women. That's dope. And this is a dude who ain't even a believer anymore, who does not, doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in Jesus, but he said, if that's what you're doing, go there. And this guy was like, I can't believe you so real. And I'm like, well, I'm honored. It's also disappointing when brothers see authenticity in church and they're shocked. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when you start, like what you just said about like, about sexuality, like, no, like you ain't, it ain't sin that's causing you want to smash this chick. It's your natural makeup. I mean, think about this. I want, I want you yeah. to keep that train of thought. So to your point with that train of thought, because we all grew up in some of those kind of environments, Boom. at least, right? Was like, bring it to the altar. <laughs> That's going to be all right. So every every week, you want me to keep bringing to the altar what what you're later going to tell me I need when I get married. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm confused teenage years. I'm confused early adult years. I'm like, you know what? I keep feeling this, so maybe church ain't working. Yeah. So it's like, when I get married, can I go back to the altar and pick it back up? And then then (laughs) I get with somebody, right? Oh, I meet meet another brother who's not in church. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and they, they seem to be living well, having the time of their life. Mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's conflicting <laughs> messages here. Yeah. And they'll let me mess around and yeah. find out that the pastor ain't living the life. Because I was told he, he, that, like, your life is going, like, yeah, yeah. God is going to destroy your life if you don't, <laughs> then if you you don't master somebody, this. Yeah, then you meet somebody out there. They, <laughs> they, 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 they buying the bar. They, they, they buying out the club. Then it, they living okay because we told them. And Bishop, I, I love to hear your perspective, especially from the, your generation, because you all, I'm not going to say you taught it to us, but it was handed down to us of, like, leave, again, I, I, come pray about it. Are you struggling with with this feeling in your heart? Come pray about it. You can't keep it in your pants. Come come yeah. lay it at the altar, and pray that God will take this. And I, I'll never take this feeling away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he ain't. God ain't never took it away. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this the other day, and then I love love yeah. to have you answer, Bishop. Um, we, uh, in a lot of ways, like our culture has adapted to both the technological age and like the corporate age, right? Mm -hmm. So now the way that we push younger people is that you need to go to college, (laughs) get your career going, Mm -hmm. get settled, start paying down some debt, save up some money, travel, (laughs) then look at getting married. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. By, by the time and, and so you, you're doing so many of these things to like um, obey the structure of what corporate America needs you to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so so that you can feel the spots that are being empty, which is very different from the way most of human history has operated. Yeah. Right. The way that most of human history has operated when when we were having those feelings that needed to be placed at the altar, like we were getting married next week. You know what I'm saying? At 15, having these feelings as, as a guy, you were, you were getting married next weekend. Yeah. At 13, 14, the girls were getting married. Right. And so we now live in an age and time where like our bodies are awaking in the same way that they have likely throughout human history. But we, because of the, the the extra structures that we put in place about what you need in order to build a life are, are telling people that they're supposed to wait until they're in their thirties almost <laughs> yeah. before they can even engage in all of that stuff that their body has ramped up to do. And, and I think that that creates a lot of problems. Yeah. So, you know, I, obviously you guys know me. I was the hot so generation. I, I just I never fit and, and I never bought a lot of that. I did ask hard questions. Uh my, my my doubt piece kicked in when I was young. And I remember even as a teenager saying, you know, there's something here where people are avoiding the reality of sin. So therefore there's no conversation about what is special. And and so it wasn't dealt with. People came out of those situations very unhealthy in their sexuality and uh, unhealthy in, in their relationships. And it's a sad, it's a sad truth. But much of what we talk about now is American contemporary culture. Yeah. So the world is huge and everybody's dealing with these things differently. A wise leader, and there are some, a wise leader will observe the reality of this progression, you know, that what you're experiencing as a teenager, a young person, et cetera, and will handle it with some grace and with some wisdom. Will monitor will try to share as much wisdom as possible to kind of keep them in a place that's healthy. A wise leader will do that, and there are wise leaders like that, and thank God for them. 
But but unfortunately, you know, even a lot of what we're talking about, I'm, I'm listening, taking it in, and that whole do good, be good mentality is so weighty. And now you're now you're measuring, you're counting spiritual beings to see where I, where, where am I? Mm-hmm. And I just think, honestly, you just need to wake up in the morning and live, and breathe, and enjoy. And if if you detect some deficiency, put it before God. Keep on living. Keep on having relationships with people who can help you along with that. People that you can be honest with and say, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I wasn't there yesterday. I'm here today. And then there is that there is the vacillation reality. You know, there, there's nobody that keeps going up. You go up and down, <laughs> right? You go up and down and chill. You know, I mean, I just um, at some point I just I just removed all of that weight and just said, nah, man, you know what? It is what it is. And that, yeah, I feel what I feel. And like you said, you see a fine woman, I see a fine woman. And I got a wife, 39 years old, and every now and then I'll tell her, she's fine. You need it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, I, I ain't think, got there. Me and Carla ain't got there. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 we're, just, just, we're just at year 15. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't, you know, and, 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 and you have to, something you work through. But after some years, and you do own some reality, mm-hmm. right? It's like, so what am I going to do with that? If if she knows that I just got, you know, triggered by a chick, well, what's she really going to do? I mean, and then, and then is it worth it after you've done whatever you think you're going to do? Mm-hmm. It's not. Because what is he going to do? Come home, right? You're going to ride it out when you get to the crib. <laughs> but, I mean, so those are all very real things that, to talk about it like we're talking about it, sometimes a little awkward is like, really, you, you, you had that experience? But um, man, just, just relaxing, man. That's, that's, that's my Yeah. Just relaxing. But have Rest. How long did it take you to get to that place where you were able to say, just relaxing God? Like, this, this position that you have now, like, when would you say you embraced it? Because I, I don't want to waste no more time. <laughs> when I realized that taking it to the altar don't work, that fasting for 21 days don't work, and reading, reading, and reading some more don't work, and crying out to God saying, please take it away, don't work, and that it is all a process in your living, the best thing you can do is bring, bring to the table your best heart, your, your best desire, your hunger to do right. But don't let the focus be about your behavior. That's going to be, that's, a, that's an exercise in fertility. Your, your, your focus needs to be, okay, how am I touching this world? And, and how am I touching this world with my imperfection included? Mm. And so I was talking to a pastor Samurai Church, and I said, man, I said, you know, 25 years, I got to tell you, I feel it feels really good to have done it without a bunch of stupid stuff, you know, in the week. I can, I can say, hey, I did some things that made sense. And, and I said, to just carry the weight of it for 25 years. But then I said to him, this was, this was struck him. I said, oh, no. To carry me and my brokenness for mm. 25 years. 
Yeah. There's even more substantial. And so I'm in touch with my brokenness. And I don't allow my brokenness to be more vocal than what I have in God, what God has invested in me, and what I have managed to do to touch the world. And then to be able to travel 30 countries and know that there are people that I connect with, you know, even on a daily basis that said, you touch me. Listen, I ain't got time to be sitting around thinking about my brokenness and being preoccupied with that. I own that as a reality. I own the grace that comes in Christ as being more significant than my brokenness. That's so That's good. So. The second you asked that, you started on this track, what you just said, something came to my mind, which is a picture of Saul and David, right? That I don't feel like we talk enough about, which is if David somehow, some way, never lost the fact that he was a man after God's own heart, if David in his own way was never deemed as to not enter into the proverbial promised land like Moses didn't because of Moses' issue, we know David undeniably had an issue that took place, a discrepancy with Bathsheba, but somehow, some way, He's not ostracized or cast aside, nor do we ever see it be in a place outside of that conversation he has. We, I have a broken and contrite heart, God wash it. We never really see kind of this whole thing that we kind of play out when we talk about people who have these kind of broken issues because we live in an imperfect nature. We're imperfect people living in an imperfect world, serving a perfect God, right? Whereas you got Saul, who it says the flat out spirit of the Lord departs from, and he never has a moral failure. He never sleeps with a woman. You know, like he never does this same kind of stuff. And it says that the Lord departs from him. And, and, it, and it came to my mind, though, and the more you talk, Bishop, I think if we're going to use a biblical narrative to kind of paint a picture of that, it's David. Because it's, it's not that he didn't have mess ups. It's not that he didn't have his humanity. He undeniably shouldn't have been at home looking over at that woman. After he saw the woman, his natural human, human response, he got excited. He used his power to bring it. So like, we can talk about all the wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't. But the brokenness never stopped everything else that happened after. As opposed to we see some stuff like Saul's picture. Or we talk about people like Moses who had an anger issue that kept him out of what he should have walked into. Yeah. So, like, what would make some people like a Moses be able to say, well, all right, you ain't going to enter into everything because you got this you got this anger issue that we would not define. Would you define an anger issue as worse than stepping out on, on your family and somebody else's family and causing murder? Because that's what David did. David, David caused murder. He messed up his family. He messed up their family. And he still used Facts. greatly. Facts. Moses struck a rock. He was angry. Facts. It wasn't his first time, but he was angry. He didn't enter in. That's a great point. But take it further than good. that. When you look at First Kings chapter eleven, God says to Solomon, "Like the reason why that these tribes, the kingdom is going to be taken from you. You're only going to be left with one tribe. Is because you didn't honor me like your father David." <laughs> You know, so God even refers to David as an honorable man, despite the fact that David was, he was trifling, he did his thing, you know. And I think, again, there is something about the church, I feel, that gets off with, or have a, have, I don't know, 
get get off the table. <laughs> to, to use it at like, this point in time in like, the conversation. You know, but, but, but like that thrives off of celebrating people's or, or highlighting people's sins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we love like we love a great scandal. We That's, love a great scandal. A church scandal. Like think about it. The reason why Larry Reed exists <laughs> is the scandal. Is church scandals. Yeah, but let's go ahead. I, I was I was gonna try to segue us into the into the family uh, mm-hmm. conversation because I, I think this can this can <laughs> tie in right like in how we show up mm-hmm. for our families even in our even in our brokenness. So let's um let's let's segue there mm-hmm. if y'all don't mind. So. What I'm hearing Bishop talk about is just kind of resting in, um, resting in God, resting in God, knowing who we are, um, accepting the grace that God gives and living our lives, right? Letting go of like the, the weight and the burden of religiosity, um, and picking up the yoke that Jesus talks about that he says is easy, that burden that he says is light, right? Um, what does it look like to move and navigate our way in our families that way? And so some of the brothers that are watching, you know, are married. Some of the brothers are dating. Some of the brothers are just trying to see what they can see. Um, <laughs> and some of the brothers are, are, are just single. But, you know, we're all showing up in our families in different ways, whether it's as a as a son, as a brother, as a as a. A sibling or or what have you or as a as a husband or as a partner so in that brokenness what does it look like to show up well i struggle I, with that I, I, I'll, I'll give y'all a, just a, a thing that i'm doing right now so this summer is two things for me it is like the summer of joy like I'm turning down no thrills, right? <laughs> so, you know, being window went out to went to Kentucky and, and bought the car. Like that was like kicking off my joy season, right? <laughs> and just looking at things that that bring me joy. Cause very much for two and a half years during this pandemic and also being in school, I said no to a lot of things. And um it was a really trying time. But in the midst of that, my wife had to pick up a lot of the slack a lot of, especially during, during school. And so one of the commitments that I made was once school is over, like I'm here, I got you, right? Like you got next, the way you held me down, I'm holding you down. And so, you know, pretty much dropping off Layla every day, picking up Layla every day, I'm doing both instead of us trading off. Um, I'm putting Layla to bed most days, right? So, so Carla can just keep her laptop open, work late, lean into your stuff right now. I'm grocery shopping. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of the things. Usually, I try to split it fifty-fifty. We about seventy thirty right now, <laughs> um, and that that's the way I'm trying to show up for my family um, during this during this season. It's joy season, and it's show up well for my family season. Is um, it's kind of what I'm doing right now. And when you show well for your family, you get to do a lot of stuff you want to do anyway. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. You get a lot of cool points. <laughs> I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot because, you know, my wife grew up in a house where, like, they were very much involved in extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a always palms, dance class, softball, basketball. Like, 
they were swim left. They were always into something. And like our reality was real different. Like, you know, we were like church kids. Like <laughs> it was church, 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 church. Basketball game, yeah, if it wasn't on the church night. You know, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. So for me, it's always a struggle with feeling like, what does it mean to show up at the crib? Like, because also like, you know, and my dad, he was a great father, but like, my dad wasn't like, uh, even though he, I mean, he was a great cook, but he wasn't like the whole, like, put kids to bed, give baths. You know, he, he was he was a griller, he was a cooker because he was an executive chef by trade. But like, you know, changing diapers, doing all that kind of stuff. Like my mom usually held the house down. So just for me trying to figure out what that looks like to show up well at the house because it doesn't come natural to me. Um, or even just like small stuff like, man, should my boys be in basketball? Should they be in in baseball? Should they be in T ball? Like, and what does it look like for me to actually go find what they're doing, like, and sign them up and go register them? And because I'm so used to like my wife being the person that does, she is the the the, the CEO the, or the chief the chief COO of extracurricular activities with the kids, and like. I, and I, I realized it got to the place where it's like, man, I don't want to look up and my sons, all they do is play video games and sit on their iPads. And I'm thinking like, but I shouldn't relegate that responsibility to yeah. my wife either. You know, um, so I know I've struggled with like, what does it look like to show up at the house? And not just show up in a way that I feel like, well, I was at the crib. I ain't going to work. I ain't had no meetings. Like, yeah. I, I was here. But like, being present and you know one of my one of my sons austin is extremely vocal uh like it's scary like how vocal he is how well he can articulate himself and how observant he is and like he has absolutely no filter so like uh i was giving the boys bath last night and i had like this this irish spring that, that you know that that man's body wash and i was you know helping him with his bath and everything i said man you gonna smell like a grown man night he was like, what, what, what kind of grown man you talking about? <laughs> he's, he's eight, but he articulate. He's like, what kind of grown man you talking about? I said, what you mean? What kind of grown man? Like, you going to smell like a grown man? He said, it, it, it different types of grown man, though. And I was like, wait a minute. What types of grown man out? He said, I mean, you got the lazy, just sit around the house and do nothing grown man. Oh, he said, boy. you got the, you got the, like, always doing something and trying to work on something grown man he said you got to just lay on the couch and watch tv grown man he said then you got to you got to you got to just smoke cigars all the time so now i'm feeling some kind of way like like he alluded i said so what type of grown man am I? He said, you like to sit around and just smoke cigars. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what you think of me? He was like, well, that's what you do. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, man. Like, yeah, they, they like, attention. like, and, and so, like, even with my son, like, with Austin, like, I say, I tell him all the time, like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him to do something. Like, one day I was like, hey, man, hey, go, go. You know, you got kids to go grab your stuff. Like, hey Austin, man, go 
go, go in the refrigerator and grab me a water. Woo, woo. So I said, go get this. Go upstairs and get this for me and bring this here. And then one day he came down and was like, <sighs> gave it to me, walked away. I said, come here. And I said, um, what's wrong? Nothing. And I said, let me ask you a question, Austin. I said, if I gave you permission to be 100% honest with me about how you felt about what I just asked you to do, would you tell me the truth? He's like, I'm not going to get in trouble if I say it. I said, you, you will not get in trouble, I promise you, if you would just tell me what you really think. I said, in that moment, when I asked you to go get this for me, what did you really feel? Like, what were you thinking? He said, you need to stop being so yazy and get up and get it yourself. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so like, my wife and I have this thing, like, we'll give our kids permission to be honest with us. Mm -hmm. and, and so that we don't, you know, not See, that we... Yeah, somebody's gonna be dead. But, <laughs> but, but, but I, I, I knew it ahead of time. So because I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah, you asked for it. in their perspective, and and I think that that's a big like that's different for me even like because I want to know like what you think about me because I don't want it to be 20 years later, and you know my son will be 28 in 20 years. You know, in 20 years I'll be 60, and I don't want him to like get to that point where he's like, like that. repeating a lot of my, my mistakes.